Good morning on this Wednesday morning. Welcome to our devotional, Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. If you joined us yesterday, we're finishing up on what Jesus had taught concerning our Heavenly Father providing for us and asking, whether it's asking in the name of Jesus and demanding the devil to obey, or we're asking the Heavenly Father to give us something, we covered all that. Now we're going to go to the book of Ecclesiastics. Here we find the wisdom of Solomon. Of course, this was a man that that's exactly what he asked for. And he was given, besides wisdom, he was given so much more. But in the book of Ecclesiastics, when it comes to money, when it comes to finances, he's got a good amount to say. We got quite a bit of coverage there uh, in chapter uh, 5 and chapter 6 and chapter 10. And there's a, there's a couple of translations here that I do want to share with you. Uh, they bring out so much variety. In the book of Ecclesiastics, in chapter 10, verse 19, just regular old King James, a feast is made for laughter, and wine maketh merry, but money answereth all things. The Beatles used to have a song, Money Can't Buy Me Love. I believe that's how it how it went. But basically with money, people can accomplish so much. Uh, money can use for bribery, for evil, just as much as it can be used for good to help. And here in the book of Ecclesiastics, chapter 10, verse 19, uh, we're given actually a, a pretty good look as to how it actually functions. It says, uh, same, same, same book, just a different translation. Men prepare bread for laughter and wine and oil that the living shall rejoice. But to money, all things will humbly yield obedience. Now stop and think about the way this is translated. All things, in other words, uh, when it comes to things, they will yield to obedience, to money. Remember Jesus' words, you can't serve two masters. Doesn't mean we can't have money, but it does mean that we can't love it because then it'll be the root of all evil. But money in itself is not evil. Money in itself is not good either. It just depends on how it is used. It says in another translation, eating and drinking make you feel happy. And bribes can buy you everything you need. Remember, this was from, But money answereth all things. Another translation says, For laughter they make bread, And for wine that the living may feast, And all things obey money. Once again, it's talking about inanimate things, Things that are not alive. Another translation says, people enjoy eating, and wine makes life happier. But money solves a lot of problems. That it can. But it cannot solve every problem. 
What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? If he was to gain the whole world, it's still not enough to pay for the price of the soul. So once again, money can solve a lot of problems, but it is not the answer to our problems. Jesus is the answer to our problems. Another translation says, Feast are for laughter. Wine maketh life pleasant. And money speaks to everything. Now remember, this is Solomon that wrote these things. He was one of the richest men on the planet at that time. What he had received from his dad, David, from his father, in building the temple to the Lord, and all the rest and peace that Solomon had in his reign. He did not know war like David. He had gold and silver. He had wealth and riches, so much coming in, that this man could literally speak concerning money. But at the same time, he talks about and he gives his advice concerning the evil effects it can have. It says in Ecclesiastics chapter 6, verse 1, basically the whole chapter, and there's a, a section in chapter 5 also, there is an evil which I have seen under the sun. In other words, here on earth, it is common among men. It's not something that's uh, just every now and then, but it's a common thing. A man to whom God has given riches, wealth and honor, so that he wanteth nothing for his soul of all that he desireth, yet God giveth him not the power to eat thereof, but a stranger eateth it. This is vanity. It is an evil disease. And it says, even if a man... This is verse number three. Even if a man was to begat a hundred children and live many years, just like Adam, so that the days of his years be many and his soul be not filled with good and also that he have no burial, I say that an untimely birth is better than he. Basically, he's saying... That if even if you had a hundred children and you lived a long, long time, but you never had an opportunity to fill your soul with good, and all goodness comes from the God of goodness, then this man, basically it says none of his children would even attend his burial. It would have been it would have been better to have been miscarried than to have been born simply because that life absolutely enjoyed nothing good, even though it may have had everything. Verse number four, for he cometh in with vanity, he departeth in darkness, and his name shall be covered with darkness. Moreover, he has not seen the sun, nor knoweth anything. This has more rest than the others. Yes, though he live a thousand years, twice told, yet he has seen no good 
do not all go to one place. To have lived a thousand years, like the people in the time of Adam, that lived up to 900 plus years, and yet not see the goodness of God, yet have all the things of this life, it does no good. It does no good because ultimately, God should be the primary purpose of us living here on this earth. Nothing should take the priority of that purpose. It says in verse 8, If thou seest the oppression of the poor, and violent perverting of judgment, and justice in a province, marvel not at the matter. For he that is higher than the highest regardeth, and there be higher than they. No matter what injustices the rich, the famous, the powerful, may pervert in the land, injustices that they may do where they live. It says, don't marvel at the matter. There's higher than they. And the one that's higher than they, he regardeth. In other words, they will come into judgment one day. They will have to give account for their oppression of the poor, for the violence of perverting, uh, of judgment and justice. They will have to pay for it. It says in verse 9, Moreover, the profit of the earth is for all. The king himself is served by the field. In other words, everything here on this earth is supposed to be for everybody. Not for one individual to hoard it up and keep it all to himself. It says in verse number 10, He that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver. Remember, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. For he that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver. How much more do you need after you've made your first 500 million or billion? It says, neither, neither shall he be satisfied with silver, nor he that loveth abundance with increase. The more you have, the more you want. This is also vanity. It says in verse 11, when goods increase, they are increased that eat them. And what good is there to the owner thereof, saving the beholding of them with their eyes? And, and stop and think about it. While there's people going through extreme pain, suffering, hunger, and death, and sickness, and disease here on this planet, you know, people are paying a hundred million dollars for a painting. In other words, You've increased in goods. And only thing you can do is see them. You can't eat it. It's not going to nourish you. It's not going to bring anything to your physical body that will actually make it live better. It won't change your moral status. So the writer here looked at things and considered things. And here's one to really think about. When goods increase, they are increased that eat them. And what good is there to the owners thereof? Saving, the only good thing is that you can look at them. That's it with your eyes. You can't do much more. But remember, both Paul and Jesus 
talked about if you have food, you have water, you have clothing, you can be content with that. It says in verse number 12, the sleep of a laboring man is sweet, whether he little or much. A little tortilla with some beans, it's a meal fit for a king. The sleep of a laboring man is sweet, whether he eat little or much, but the abundance of the rich will not suffer him to sleep. Think about it. The more you have, the more you worry about losing it. The more you worry about losing it, trying to figure out how you're going to have to get it or gain it back again, you lose sleep over it. But yet a laboring individual, one that one little coin, one little pebble, one little board, one little seed at a time, he does with his hands what he was created for, He finds joy and pleasure in doing it. And he can go to sleep and rest about it and not have to worry. But then it says in Ecclesiastics chapter 5, as I had mentioned, there is a sore evil which I have seen under the sun, namely the riches kept for the owners thereof to their own hurt. How many people truly deserve a decent, honest wage for their work, for their labor, for their investment into a business. And many times, not everybody's like this, but many times the owners thereof keep much more than is needful. And yet eventually it winds up being to their very own hurt. Here the writer says, it's an evil that I have seen. In chapter 6, it's called a disease. It's called a sickness. Jesus simply just called it greed. Covetness. There's a sore evil that I have seen under the sun, namely riches kept for the owners thereof to their own hurt. It says in verse 14, But those riches perish by evil travail, and he begats a son, and there is nothing in his hand. Verse 15, as he came forth from his mother's womb, naked shall he return and go as he came, and shall take nothing of his labor, which he may carry away with him in his hands. When that day comes, even if there is a ring, even if there's a pair of glasses on our eyes, even if there is a necklace of some sort or a bracelet, It just goes to the grave because you don't get to take it with you. The body stays there. The spirit goes back to the creator. So consider this. Work for where your treasure is before the Lord. For where your treasure is, that is where your heart will be. What you invest into his kingdom is enduring and lasting. It can pass the test of fire. But anything else less than that will not make it. It says in verse number 16, This also is a sore evil, that in all points as he came he shall go. And what profit is it that he has labored for the wind? 
Well, consider this food for thought and for the imagination. Join us tomorrow as we continue in the book of Ecclesiastics as to what Solomon had to say concerning all of this. God is our source. God is our provider. Let's not put our trust in anything or anyone else. Until then, the Lord richly bless you. Keep looking up. Our redemption draweth near. Amen.